Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the full 40 with Chris, Trevor, and Rob. <laughs> welcome back. I'm, back. I'm, I'm here. Y'all you're here. I'm we're, here. We're Let's coming go. to you live after another villain of a loss. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's all we had for this past week because we did a get we did a, a show nice. right after the Xavier game. So, <laughs> so <ya>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But we have the DePaul and Marquette games coming up. We'll be back to you. We'll be back with you after the Marquette game uh, that night. And uh, but I guess why don't we dive in first with Rob? Like, how you doing? Are, what are you doing right. with all this free time? <laughs> well, lot, lots of things. But first of all, before we jump into that, I don't know if you guys have talked about some previous podcasts. I love the countdown music before we get into this. It got me like in the mood. There's for the, our listeners who can't see it. This, I don't know, whatever apparatus we're using counts down from 30 seconds. Got some jazzy music. I was like pumped to come on the podcast now. So maybe if you guys had that before, I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have quit. (laughs) Decisions have been made. Um, But anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's good to be back. Um, I missed the fans. They were clamoring for me. I heard there was a lot of fan mail. So I had to, I had to stop back in. Um, What? Yeah, I know it's uh, it's tough, and um, I know people loved my hats, so I was gonna go no hat, but I figured I'd give people a hat as well. Uh, but enough of my rambling. Oh, what am I what am I doing? I mean, Trevor did point this out. I have been tunneling under the city of New York. <laughs> <laughs> the, the NYPD uncovered my doings the past few weeks. Um, <laughs> for those of you who don't follow New York, like. I don't know. I don't know. What, what, what are it was all over Twitter today. I think okay, you're good. Right, you don't right. have to go into it. <laughs> yeah, fucking ridiculous. Um, I think we should spend a lot of time on it, actually. I think no one would get it. Rob was building a tunnel from his apartment to Madison Square Garden so he could cut the line to see uh, Villanova St. John's in a few weeks. There you go. The, the Nova Knicks. I need the direct connection. Yep. Um, what have I been doing? Well, I guess first and foremost, I, I have a child on the way, so I guess I've been having sex. So that's cool. Uh, so yay, <laughs> yeah. yay that. Officially one time. <laughs> one time. All it takes is one. Um, um, no, I've got um, Nicole and I have a, a baby girl on the way in a, a few months, so it'll be pretty exciting for that. Um, I heard they're pretty easy and you get a lot of sleep, so it should be pretty cool. So. <laughs> Commonly understood with babies. <laughs> I should have some more free time to come back um, <laughs> after that. But yeah, yeah. So I mean, that that's one big thing. Um, and then, other than that, I've been. Um, <laughs> I had a weird professional year. We're gonna we're gonna gloss over part of that. <laughs> it's very strange. But I do have something coming down the pipe, which we pipe or pike, uh, which we alluded to at the end of last season. It took a slightly different turn. But I should have in, I think, like two months' time. I think we'll have like we'll have an app out in the marketplace, and we'll see what uh, we'll see how people react to it. So it should be something cool as well. But yeah, that's my free time. Been uh, having sex, having sex once, and uh, making an app. And here I am. It's coming down the pike. If you're a normal person, it's pipe. If you're a porn star. So. 
So, yeah. <laughs> given the way this conversation, we're, we're really we're off really, the rails early. Yeah, here. Oh, very early off the rails here. Sounds like we're on the rails. Uh, <laughs> um, so, Rob, have you gotten the chance? Have you watched? Have you watched the game? So you're still. Yeah, oh yeah. So, so this is interesting because um, I, I was going to point this out. It is interesting now not doing the podcast. Like my perspective on it is different, but I have watched all the games. Um, and Nicole and I have watched all the games together. But it is different. Like my perspective on it in general is like I can, I'm able to take a little bit of a step back from it. Though I am still very much an alarmist because, like, what the fuck is our record? Like, it's absolutely <laughs> wild. Like, I four just, no in quad one games. Yeah, like four one, four no in quad one. Okay, cool. We're like a two C baby. Like, let's go. Eric Dixon's national player of the year, and then uh, oh, the other games he's not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been a it's been a weird adventure. So I guess my my synopsis from not being a podcast host on the regular is still following. His team is like. Just as frustrating as, I don't know if just as frustrating as last year. That's probably not true. Definitely less frustrating than last year. Um, I'm like, hope. I'm more hopeful of things just because of the upside that we've seen that I don't think we ever showed at all last year. Um, but I'm still just like, what the fuck is going on with these guys? Like, this is not a good shooting team. Like, we just, we're just not a good shooting team. And unfortunately, our strategy is shoot a lot of shots. So those two things, like, don't really go well together. But who am I? I'm not really a basketball expert. Yeah. Maybe let's start there because that's, that's, I mean, look, there was a lot of names to the game of why we lost to St. John. Um, Kyle got out coached. We couldn't shoot for shit. And we didn't play with the level of effort that is needed to play in the Big East home or away versus any one of these opponents. So, like, um, so, so, yeah. What, is is like is like let's talk about the shooting a little bit because rob i agree it's 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 hard to come away with a perspective other than we're not a good shooting team because you are what you are what you are and we're 15 games into a season we're halfway through a regular season and we are just like i mean the the statistics are the the statistics are terrible we're we're 207th in the country in three-point percentage 231st percent in two-point percentage, and yet we shoot the ninth most amount of threes in the country. It's wild. Absolutely wild. And and when you put our combined uh, percentages together, I know you can't do this because it's not like effective field goal. We're like 300 plus. 300 plus. plus. (laughs) It's so bad, I can't even say it. Yeah. Like over 300 in the country. So it's, it's really bad. Yeah. And but the funny thing is is that is that the team is definitely acting as though we are a good shooting team. It just hasn't happened yet. Right? Like we're like there's been no adjustments. The there's been no adjustments to our offense at all that would indicate that the staff has come away with a conclusion that we are a bad shooting team. Actually, I I will say there are times in certain games when it seems like that when suddenly like out of a timeout somebody will they'll go for like three layups in a row or they'll just try to drive the ball down somebody's throat like three or four times in a row and it's like oh okay they're making an adjustment and then it's like no three ball three ball three ball brick 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 so yeah yeah i don't yeah it's like we did it but we we can't learn our lesson or we assume that we're going to magically get this three point 
three-point shooting percentage. <laughs> this is what drives me nuts is that like the whole three-point shooting thing obviously came around more of the advent of like 2015, 2016, as the whole analytics movement shifted towards threes or more, more than twos. Da, 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 da. But the whole thing is predicated on being able to shoot well. Like if you can't shoot well, the math falls down. Like it just it just doesn't make as much sense. And it's not we were we have historically been a good three point shooting team. Obviously, 2018 was a historically great three shoot three point shooting team. But the past few years in 21, 21 was 20 was okay. 21 was okay. Um, the past few years haven't actually been that great. So we're still applying the same strategy, which was developed, you know, seven plus years ago and predicated on a team that shoots threes well. And now it's being applied to a team that just transparently doesn't shoot three pointers well. So yeah, at, at some point you got to say, we should be revisiting this approach instead of just blanket rolling it out because we won two natties with it. If the personnel and the results don't don't justify it, then you've got to change something. It's kind of crazy at some point. So a good change might be to drive the ball down the lane to the cup for a layup, except that we are 350th in the country in terms of getting blocked. Like we get blocked all the that's, fucking time. That's wild. That's yeah, really like one of the worst teams in the country. So all of this is to say we're terrible offensively. We're really bad offensively. I know what Ken Palm says 52nd in the country, but, like, I watch it. This this team is terrible offensively. They, they forgot a three, 352nd <laughs> is what they mean. It is, um, it is really hard to watch. The good news is our defense is really good sometimes. Yes. Um, <laughs> When, but, when they apply themselves and yes. place the effort, they are yeah. really good. <laughs> and that defense does help offense um, when they do get moving and running a little bit. But again, not something we see a whole lot of. Um, they're still trying to pay, play at a snail's pace, which isn't great. Isn't great, Bob, Rob. Um, just because we don't have the people, we don't have the Colin Gillespie to knock down a shot after burning 27 seconds of shot clock um it it does not look good it was really ugly against st john's um felt a lot like i was watching the st joe's game again um st j yeah those sjus you gotta watch out for them um and yeah i was uh that hurt burton getting blocked back into the locker room hurt um (laughs) If I could give an anti-Alpha Dog play of the week or Shaq Fit play of the week, it would probably be that one. Hats off to him for putting the effort in and going for it. But that was a uh, – Yeah, that was brutal. Met at the summit there, and it was a loud crash to the – and he went right back to the locker room to to stretch out. That was just – It was it was not a good look. It, it was, was almost like, something. It was like it was a smashing block. He was just like, oh, yeah, no, he, he really just like absolutely stuffed that back in your face. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the whole night – the whole night, the whole day, St. John's really just played with much more vim and vigor, like much more effort. They they just and, and you show and you saw it down the stretch, where for a second I thought maybe this is just the program punting on this game, but he played arch like six, seven, eight minutes down the stretch of that game, and it was clear that it was not like a punt to lose because they were still trying and fouling and doing all the things that you would try and do if you're trying to make a comeback. No, it was purely done because 
he they the, and, and I actually give them a little bit of credit for this. They were so pissed at the effort that they had gotten from the team that he puts Arch in to basically say, okay, well, if you're not going to try, then fuck all you guys. Like Arch is going to play for, for several minutes down the stretch because he actually gives a shit. Right. So like, and, and it showed, he actually played decent for, yeah, for, I thought he gave for, good minutes. Yeah. He gave, yeah. he did get good minutes. No offense there, but there was no offense anywhere. So it was kind of yeah. hard to, uh, <clears throat> to judge. And Bamba, to his credit, was one of the other guys who I thought put a pretty good effort in on his birthday. Happy birthday. But, like, it was a – it was a – Happy birthday. A, Sorry your party's so lame. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it, it was a brutal game uh, to watch. I kind of, though, took a step back after watching it. There was a part of me that was like, this team is going to be what it's going to be. Like, like it is – Willie said it before – He's like, this is the most eighth seed to ever eighth seed. Um, I think good bracketologists have us around seventh right now, but like, it just feels like a team. Rob, I get your optimism from a perspective of talent and what we've seen. We're going to pick off some people who we probably shouldn't. We're going to lose games that we definitely shouldn't. Oh, no. To be clear, I'm not optimistic. It's yeah. more <laughs> just one of those, like, it's one of those, like, you've seen in theory how good it's funny. So when I was at McKinsey, McKinsey interviews, and when they interview, they test you along certain dimensions. And they always, what they do is they test you once you hit and like show the highest level of aptitude, they're like, oh, well, we're going to score you. You check the highest box. So like, if you looked at Villanova's best games and said, oh, once you check like the highest box, this team will be like a two seed, but that's not reality. So I don't know what McKinsey's doing, but point being like, I'm not grading Villanova like that. I think this team is like absolutely destined for like a first round flame out. Like there's no, there's no reason this team is going to get to a second weekend in my mind. Yeah. So let, let's level set there. I, I am not optimistic. About gotcha. This. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Rob, in our, <laughs> Rob, in our Nova insider chat about a month ago, somebody posted like our bubble chances. And I was like, we're not talking bubble. It's December. That's sad. I was like, we can talk bubble February, but I was like, if we're talking like how things need to fall in December, give up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. You're losing the game. <laughs> yes. yeah. if, if you're counting that closely now, it's it's not, you're not yeah. on the right side of this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's terrible. But I, I kind of am resigning my, I, in a weird way, I've kind of resigned myself a little bit to like, this is going to be the most, I, I said in my New Year's resolutions for the team, I said, let's not make this the most frustrating result possible. Like, let's get a definitive answer one way or the other. Like, if we're going to suck, let's suck. And so that we can make change Yes. or, or let's be really good so that it could prove that, that what we have is actually good. And then we can move forward with a little bit of confidence going into the next year. And I said, the most likely and the worst possible result is if we just kind of meander. And that's exactly what I feel like we're going to do. I feel like yeah. this team is just going to meander to that 8-9 game. Maybe you win it. You probably don't. But if you win, then you're going up against the Purdue where 2019 Purdue is what's going to happen to us. And we're going to oh, get slaughtered thanks. and it's not going to be good. Carson. But like th that's how it feels at the moment. At the moment. Could that change? Of course it could change. Of course it could change. There's enough talent on the roster <laughs> that, that that it could theoretically change. Could the coaching staff be right about their big bet? Because that's what it is. It's a humongous bet. You're putting chips in the middle of the table and hope you, you hit straight flush 
off the turn in the river on your shooting percentage that like, Hey, we are, we're going to fucking do this. And, and we are going to all of a sudden start hitting a lot more threes and maybe that all happens. And if it does, then I credit to them, <laughs> but it doesn't feel like it sitting here on January 9th, before we're about to play DePaul before the hardest five game stretch of the season, it does not feel like that's going to happen. Yeah. I- I don't know. What are you? Uh, and again, for our listeners, I apologize since I, I would say I've been part of the podcast regularly. In terms of what you guys, so just cut me off. I feel like you guys have talked about this all season, but like, what are That's we enough. banking? Okay. <laughs> yeah. What are, what are we banking on for this potential turnaround? Like, is it? I mean, I, I just don't even know at this point. Like, I know Blotty, like yeah, we talked um, about, you're, you're like big on Longino, but like, I don't know. Longino just kind of makes a lot of bad decisions and. I don't know, yeah, it disappears the, uh, for times. Like, uh, what is it? The hope has been regression to the mean, but unfortunately we're seeing that the mean is a lot worse than we thought it was. <laughs> um, so everybody's saying, everybody's banking on like, oh yeah, like the, the three-point shooting will level out, but the level is much, much, much lower than we anticipated. Um, it's, yeah. uh, that's what I can say at least. Like that's, that's been kind of the calling card. I'll see that, you know, we joke about it, regression to the mean, but the mean is bad. Well, yeah, I think I mean, we're going to regression to the mode now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I'm like looking at, looking at like player by player. And like, granted, a lot of guys are down on their three point percentage on this year relative to other years. Like, Housen's down, Dixon's like down significantly. Like, he's down four. More points. volume. You know, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. And then, Hazen, I mean, that's in, in his defense, like, what did he take? Like twenty shots last year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is well, his like, first real Bamba's year. Bamba's down. Burton's Bamba's down. down four, yeah. Like, well, they're all down. They're all shooting poorly. No, I know. Yeah. I'm. I'm not trying to, you know, yeah. give anybody a defense here. It's just been miserable. But um, <laughs> just Justin Moore hasn't done shit the past few games. Like, doesn't even show. <laughs> it's up like he's not even score. out there. Like, I just, I just don't <laughs> understand it. Guys, fucking not doing anything. So I do think that there are some like things that can be fixed. But if you're calling card, if what what's the hope that you've seen so far that is actually repeatable that the team can do is when the team plays with good effort, as we talked about, the defense is really good. The defense is is borderline elite when they play with great effort. So if you can get that effort, time in, night in, night out, you're at least going to put yourself in a position to win some games. So that's the, that's the, that's the hope, right. To like, to that, that is based in some level of reality that we've seen so far. Now, in terms of like what the, what the program can do, what Kyle Neptune can do, what the coaching staff can do to actually potentially see better results on the floor from a shooting and other perspective is I I think we're at the point in the season where the, the rotations need to get cleaned up. Like, like the minutes allocations need to get tightened up. He like we we've belabored this point on this podcast several times about it just being way too willy-nilly, guys getting pulled out after two minutes after you know from the start of the game. No one's in, in a flow, etc. I think Kyle has to I think Kyle to the chagrin of someone or multiple people on the team is going to have to start cutting minutes differently. And I also am at the point at this moment in the season where I think that we need a starting lineup shakeup. Um, obviously more comes back. That'll shake up the starting lineup, lineup a little bit. We don't know when that is going to be, although some people think that it's going to be on the road trip. 
um, uh, with, uh, uh, or sorry, on the road trip to Marquette. But, but the, but, but forgetting more for just a second, just placing him aside, I think the starting lineup needs to shake up. And I think where my head's at is that Hakeem Hart, who has been really good from, uh, from in a lot of different respects, I think he needs to be in the starting lineup over Tyler Burton right now. And Hundo. that's Hundo. that's not a shit talk necessarily on Tyler Burton. Not yet, but it's more of a good comment to Hart, but Hart has outplayed him. Yes. And if you're just going to take Hart, if you're just going to take Burton out of the game or someone else out of the game after two minutes to put in Hart, just start Hart, right? Like get him into the flow of the offense, get him going right away uh, from the onset. Finally, if you're not going to have or trust Mark with a starting role on this team, then when Moore does come back, I think Longino should actually stay in the starting lineup. And I think Moore should replace Mark. And again, not a comment at Mark. I actually think Mark would excel and help this team a little bit more if he was that change of pace guy off the bench. Like, I mean, Rob, you brought up the 2018 team, and obviously this is not the 2018 team, but like DiVincenzo was to the 2018 team where he came off the bench for sometimes Brunson and could move the ball differently. It was just a different, totally different change of pace. Corey, (laughs) Corey Fisher on the 2009 team played the six starter role and he was a change of pace off of Scotty Reynolds. And like, I think that that is what this, I I genuinely think that's what this team needs is they need to bring the speed boy off the, uh, off the bench to change the pace up a little bit. That, that, those are the concrete things that I think need to happen that to, in order to actually get some benefit here. You can't have – you can't put Mark on the bench, though, obviously, until Justin's back. Because otherwise, like the, – the, yeah, the level of creation on this team is lacking. Not, not even creation, terribly. just getting the ball past <laughs> midcourt. Not, we're not even talking creation. Confidence. We're talking getting the ball into the offensive zone of the court. Like we saw what happened against Xavier. It was pathetic. Um, the loudest cheers of the night were when Kyle finally gave up and put Mark in to handle the ball in the last minute of the game. Like it was just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah that, that's um, so yes, agree on all those points, Chris. Um, I would say either Burton or Longino should probably lose their spot to Hart. When he, when um, Hart and Justin, um, if you want to keep Mark in there, if not, leave Longino in. He does that thing where he'll take like six turnaround jumpers, layup hybrids. <laughs> um, no, what the fuck is that? Yeah, decision making's not bad. It's insane, like absolutely it's, insane. He has to start playing like a quarterback. Um, <laughs> Um, show that toughness that got yeah yeah no I so that's just like his go-to like when we have no offense he just dribbles into the paint picks up his dribble and pivots around until he can force up a layup and I think he and Mark are both better suited just that like one dribble into the arc pull up mid-range game um, you can somebody can look up the numbers if they really care but just from the eye test like that ball goes in the hoop um, and the other way around we get blocked. So it's, um, I don't know. Yeah, I'd I, rather them miss jumpers than get blocked on layups. 
Yeah, it's like it, it's almost like a bastardization of the the jump stop strategy, right? Like Villanova for so many years got credit as like, oh, you drive into the lane, you jump stop, you pivot, you dance all around, and like, and Brunson still gets credit for that in the NBA because he does it like a fucking boss, right? And now it's like we kind of lost the teaching element of that, and it's just like driving in the lane. What am I doing? I don't know, but I'm gonna turn the ball over. Like, that's not the same thing. Like, not at all. Like, you just kind of forgot the, the important half of that. But, okay, sure. Uh, the, a lot of this does, again, it, it's a lot caused by the fact that we're a terrible shoot, three-point shooting team. Like, the back downs in the post, one of the reasons why that works is because you can't necessarily double up on a guy who's in the post, a guard in the post, because – the threat is that he could pass out of the post to a wide open three point shooter. But, but when you fucking suck at three point Terrible. shooting, like then you're going to get doubled down low, which is going to force turnovers. Like we're the offense that we're playing, which this is the other problem is that we're 15 games in, which we, we know now that we're not, we're probably not a good three point shooting game. We're almost definitely not a three point, good three point shooting team. The problem is, is that, this is how we've practiced. This is how this is how the entire yeah. team's built. Everything's yeah. built around this. So you like how could you just go out and wholesale change the offense right now? Like you, you really can't. So a lot of my a lot of my solutions, if you will, are based in like rhythm type stuff where hey, the the seven, eight players who are actually going to get real minutes on this team, get them the real minutes on this team so that they could establish some rhythm and hopefully just on rhythm alone. You start to see a one, two, three point percentage lift in three point sh shooting, which would still place us as not good, but uh, but that would be a, a hell of a lot better. And we probably would have won a couple more games in our yeah. schedule had we been one, two, three points percentage wise better at three point shooting. No, it's true. I mean, like if you look at you have to check the scores on it, but you know, if you reduce a couple of those Longino drive into the lane, turn it over, or we're just like taking up a dumb contested shot and you convert those to a couple of points just because there's some better decision making, there's a little bit better flow, then a few of our games have just been decided by, you know, a couple of possessions. So I think there's there's some validity to it. Does it solve all the issues? No, absolutely not. But yeah, I think it's certainly a logical thing to yeah, and, and to be clear, that's not just a Longino thing. Like everybody does it. It's um, just a Longino yeah. thing, <laughs> I don't want. Yeah, no, it's 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 found our villain. Yeah, somebody tag him right now. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's just like the way that things have been going, and it's just not going well. Um, yeah. I'm like sad today. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's so weird because if I told you at this moment in time in the season before. After the UCLA game, but before Big East play started, that after four games of the Big East, we'd be three and one in conference and at least tied for, if not have the best record in conference, you'd be like, okay, that's good. I'd probably sign up for that. Except the most except, frustrating three and one to exist. <laughs> and, and that's exactly what this whole team has been this whole season. <laughs> it was the most frustrating uh, six and four team that I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Um, Look, Friday versus DePaul, which should present an opportunity to get right, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. But yeah, something's got to get figured out soon because, because that five-game stretch, and we talked about this, this is like we're, we're almost to the finish of like the first quadrant of games being done. Quadrant, so maybe a bad term, but the first layer of game, whatever you want to call it, the first tranche of games being done. That second tranche 
at Marquette, home versus Connecticut, at St. John's, at Butler, home versus Marquette, there is a non-zero chance that the team goes 0-5 in that stretch. Well, that would be good. Non, non-zero. If the team uh, – honest, I really mean this. And we we talked about I know. I'm just – I'm agreeing with you. I'm, yeah. I'm laughing through the pain. <laughs> I really mean this. If the team goes two and three in that stretch, uh, color me optimistic, because because two and three in that stretch would actually be a very good result. Because Ken Palm has us losing. Ken Palm has us losing the first three of those games: Marquette, Connecticut, at St. John's. Beating Mar- Butler and Marquette away and home by one apiece. So there's so those are two coin flips. So so. Be, we, being two and three in that stretch would actually be a, an improvement above what Ken Palm with the with the statistics play out. Three and two in that stretch would be borderline miraculous. Um, and so something has to get figured out offensively and soon. I mean, you could defend the shit out of teams till Kingdom Come, but but that's what Virginia did back in the day, and they lost to a 16 seed in the first round. So like, if you can't score the, the ball. Like you're going to run into trouble. When when is Justin coming back? I think you may have said this earlier, and I just um, wasn't paying. There's attention. no official word, obviously. Um, there's never any. Why did you think you until he uh, suits up? But the rumor that I heard is Monday against Marquette. Oh wow! Okay, that's All a right. rumor, unconfirmed. No. Source is dead to me if it's not true. What <laughs> what, did, what did he actually do? See, this is now you're getting the perspective of the fan who's like casually. Paying yeah. attention. Um, knee sprain. I don't know. Nothing again. Nothing official. Just that's what that's what I hurt. thought. I was yeah. like, I don't know. He's just the biggest shit ever. He's just hurt. We're we're his fucking his fucking egos hurt. He got, he got hurt on Tuesday, December fifth. We're four. We're basically a full blown five weeks. Yeah, we are. We're exactly five weeks from the day when he got hurt, and. And there has been no news other than he's day to day. Sorry, being out for five weeks is not fucking. That's not day to day. That's not day to day. Like, look, I, if you're going to start getting frustrated about that, we have a long history of Villanova basketball to discuss. Like, that's how they handle every injury. Um, Phil Booth, when he sat an entire season with tendonitis or whatever it was, and had to get the surgery, <laughs> he was redshirting, and it was day to day. He was redshirting day to day. So. You know. Well, he also got that non-COVID-related illness that nobody really wanted to talk about. Yeah, he got sick. Meningitis. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Like, how serious is the disease that he clearly got? Yeah. Um, everybody was getting sick last week after New Year's. Maybe maybe he had a, uh, a crazy New Year's party and uh, everybody was super spreader. Um, but it's not COVID, a non-COVID so illness called, uh, called the coronavirus. It's coronavirus. I, I had a box party where, like, you get your kids together that have chicken pox, then everybody gets it. Dude, Brian, you're dating yourself. Nobody gets chicken pox now. Really? We no, because they, they all the vaccine. Yeah. Thank God Rob's here. We can start talking about vaccinations and science. Um, <laughs> We're not getting vaccinated out here on the main line, bro. That's a New York thing. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Gates shooting all the kids up. <laughs> Don't get me started about your 5G cellular service. Um, yeah, 5G bats. Yeah, that's why we dig tunnels. Yeah, Gosh, I was just gonna that. say man, the grounding's real, the tunnels are real, the 5G is real. Um, tunnels, anyway, welcome back um, to the full 40 a yeah. conspiracy theory podcast. Yes. Uh, 
Do we want to? And that shit gets listens, by the way. <laughs> Do we want to add it, break oh, real yeah. quick before discussing DePaul and further implications down the road? Yes, let's hear Trevor read it. All ahead. right. Brian? Today's episode of the Full 40 is brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Homefield produces some of the best quality vintage collegiate apparel on the market. You won't find better game day gear anywhere else. Homefield has the ultimate collection of old school logos and looks with the best quality around. Shop t-shirts, crewnecks, hoodies, bomber jackets, and more at homefieldapparel.com. Don't forget to use code NOVAINSIDER for 15% off your first purchase. That's code NOVAINSIDER at homefieldapparel.com. So, Sorry, I was on InfoWars. So no, you're good. No, <laughs> <laughs> so I will say, just to piggyback off of the, the very natural home field ad, um, anytime I have been in public with my bomber jacket, I get compliments from everybody, and I never get compliments. Um, so just one final push, buy the jacket. I had UConn fans coming up to me, and I sent it in the group chat. I know UConn is not a blue blood or elite because they do not have a storefront and therefore they do not have a bomber jacket so they absolutely do have a home field i i couldn't find it no i'm 100 percent certain oh they do they have okay. a home field. well they don't have a bomber jacket so we got i think they do them. too i think they trevor's do. like trevor's like i opened up the phone and it wasn't there we are hey, we're sticking to it trevor I'm is sticking to trevor it, is just so. spreading show me the jacket show me the jacket yeah show me the vaccination work show me the jacket um but yes the uh the bomber jackets are still hot uh, the dad hats are hot. Everything's everything's great. Use that code. They have a bubble stripped bomber jacket. Yeah, it actually looks fucking cool. Trevor, did, did you did you look this up in your encyclopedia and it wasn't there? Yes. Or like, was it your it catalog? I showed, maybe? I, I, don't know. So I was I was out. I showed the UConn fan the website and I was like, I don't know if you'd be under U for University of Connecticut or C for Connecticut. And he said, Oh, I'll look for it. And then he's like, uh, I can't find the jacket. So. I give it's literally there. Yeah, I, I blame him for that. Um, and I so you did what Walheim did to me, where he told me to read his tweet. I looked at it for one second. And go, oh, that's funny. And he goes, You didn't read it. It's like, No, exactly. Might have put my it's not the first time I'll put my foot in my mouth here, and it is certainly not the last. Dude, I might buy this Yukon one. Plus, they just won the national championship again last night. I don't know if you saw, but all their fans were celebrating that Michigan won when where they won. You know, where we won. Michigan. I mean, UConn fans last night were congratulating themselves on winning at NRG Stadium while Michigan won. I don't understand. <laughs> I know, neither did I. But they That's were a pretty cool jacket. I'm not gonna That's lie. A cool jacket. <laughs> I'm saying, imagine rocking that to your like mega mic. <laughs> Just actively right. prove. So <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's uh, Mikey from the bar. Um, yeah, <laughs> you, you were wrong, Mikey. Sorry. Um, anyway, back to reality. So uh, DePaul. Yeah, we're not gonna, I mean, we're not talking. We, we have to win. Yeah. We have you gotta to win. win. You gotta blow them out. You gotta show yeah. up. You gotta be loud. Um, just effort and energy from the start will be an improvement. Um, God, they're terrible again. Yeah, they're really not. How much has changed? They are bored, Rob. They're borderline they're the worst team worse. that's ever been in the conference. They almost beat it's Georgetown bad. the other night. I know. I saw that. Georgetown sucks so, too. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I feel like you, DePaul the past few years has been like, oh, flirting around 500. They usually get 
you know, they give themselves an easy non-con. They come in, they're like, oh, we're hot. These guys just suck. Yeah, they're, they're really bad. Holy shit. It's so it's, it's now um, it's like terrible. Big East Roulette has two bullets in the chamber now because it's Georgetown and the ball. Um, yeah. It's also really weird from like a from a uh, perspective of of bracketology because at this very moment, a lot of bracketologists have as many as seven Big East teams in the in the NCAA tournament because of Seton Hall's like somewhat miraculous schedule early. They had a they they scraped out a win tonight versus Georgetown before we jumped on, but like but like it's been a borderline miraculous appearing so far beating UConn and Marquette at home and winning at Providence. Um, so Seton Hall has jumped all the way into the bubble conversation and on the right side of the bubble as well. St. John's is like kind of with us, like similar uh, area to us in terms of being in tournament seven, eight type seed. And then, and then you have, you know, UConn and Marquette and Creighton are all, are all solidly in, um, and then I'm forgetting who the other one is uh, off the top of my head. Providence, of course. So, like right now at this very moment, you have seven Big East teams who are um, who are like right there for the tournament. Xavier and Butler are are like outside looking in, pretty I mean pretty significantly. Um, and then you have DePaul and Georgetown. So, like wh- where it kind of comes to is it's super roulette, Trevor. To your point. Is that is that those teams have to have like Trev like you really the biggies kind of needs DePaul and Georgetown to have one win apiece and that's versus each other at each other's home court like it it basically needs sorry what that's like well no they, they both uh, need to go uh, like, okay I, I was like well somebody's gonna win the game Chris uh, <laughs> yeah right they both need to go one yes, and nineteen yes, I understand yes right, I, like, it just took me a second <laughs> like this is the helpful part of having like a really bad drag on your conference is that if they can effectively lose all their games then they then that actually becomes a help because everyone gets an extra W and and everyone goes home happy and they they would have done their job for the conference whereas. If DePaul and Georgetown start winning games, that's actually terrible. Like it's 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 the worst possible result for the conference because Xavier and Butler are going to beat teams. Like we might lose to Butler, but like like Xavier and Butler are going to are going to beat teams because they're good enough to win. So what what ends up happening is that is that you can't have the you can't have the cannibalization come from the bottom. It has to come from the middle. That makes sense conceptually. <laughs> I, get, I, get, I get what you're saying. You were saying. Have you guys talked about Cooley? I don't want to spend too much time because this isn't, this isn't a cool. Yeah, let's podcast. let's. I'm happy to talk but about. I mean, it. Oh God, it's not a good first year. It's, it's not. A, it's not looking great so far. Like no. I don't know if he's mailing it in or what, but like yikes. Georgetown should look at a real coach like Kyle Neptune. <laughs> it feels like Tracy's. <laughs> Tracy's. It, it. It feels like. Ed Cooley came in and said, "Well, this is a this is obviously a, a god awful situation right we're walking off, right into. Off, yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm going to punt on this year, and we'll, 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 we're going to rebuild the old fashioned way, right? Like, type of thing, which is hilarious because Ed Cooley was portal guy number one, numero uno, going into getting hired at Georgetown. And so, if I was a Georgetown fan, I was thinking to myself, and having talked to many Georgetown fans, I was thinking they were thinking to themselves." We got the portal guy. 
he's going to come in and bring all this talent in via the portal. And we're going to be, I don't think anyone thought tournament level year one, although it's kind of weird because Patino was expected to make the tournament in year one, but Ed Cooley was not. He's a good coach. Yeah. (laughs) But like, but like, it's a fair point. Um, But they definitely thought that it was going to be a somewhat competitive team. Like this team could potentially be like a seventh in the big East type year, eighth in the big East type season. You know, if they if if cards broke the right way, they would have won some games, been competitive. You know, they still have a stretch run to have, but like down the stretch, actually start picking teams off and and showing signs of and showing signs of life for the program. That has not happened. That team, this team has been this team has been straight out bad. It is very clear that they had no intention this season of being any sort of competitive because Ed Cooley didn't fill out the roster. That was, that was like the big thing. He didn't fill out the full roster. He's got like five, six walk-ons on the team. I might be exaggerating a little bit, but I'm not exaggerating much. So, so like they don't have enough players like, and they had some injuries. Jade Nepps got hurt, et cetera. Like they don't have enough depth, like, like on real basketball players, not, not just depth from like a talent standpoint. They don't have enough depth on real basketball players to actually like take on that many industry. Um, yeah injuries well so they, they stink whatever it's enough time on georgetown it's yeah georgetown Wait, you wanted you want have we talked no, about I, it I, I, yeah <laughs> I, I want to talk like i wanted to allocate like a minute or two and georgetown sucks and coolies coolie sucks in his first year so fuck up let's go yeah um that game that he goes back to providence will still be the highest grossing ticket sales of the year i think um outside of like a taylor swift concert in the amp but um mm-hmm it's uh yeah it's nice it's it's good to see it's good to see the uh the conference win one there just like everybody feels good about that i think um but we have a real game on monday which is marquette uh yeah what are we feeling like here we're gonna have chris nataro in the building yes as as per usual he is always almost at always at that marquette game Boots on the ground. Look, I mean, with Marquette, you, you kind of know what you're getting because they're rolling basically out the same team that they had last year, um, minus Omax Prosper. More questions but, this year, though. Like, last yeah. year, we were all pretty certain that Tyler Kolick could read. <laughs> um, this year, that's been drawn into question more than once, it seems. Good old dangly sack yeah. from Providence Twitter. <laughs> Just ruining that guy's <laughs> whole night. Rob, did you follow this story at all? I think I saw a little bit of it. It's I, like, a pretty kinda... niche story. I, I think it would we would do our listeners a favor by going into it a little bit. <laughs> do it. Educate so, me. So I don't know exactly how it all started, but a guy named... A guy I, I can the... tell you how it happened, actually, how it started at least, and then you, yeah, can, you can come in with the Providence bit. So um, Marquette tweeted their... Uh, their team GPA as it's always a great idea to do that and saying how we had this many players above a three, two or whatever, pick whatever three Oh, whatever number you want to say. And they had pictures of a lot of the players that had it, but they didn't, you know, they had eight guys or nine guys above a three Oh, but they didn't have room in the graphic for eight or nine guys. And one of the notable uh, holdouts was Kolick. So somebody was like, Tyler Cole, I can't read. And, um, 
he replied to that tweet with a oh somebody a, being a guy shot. by the name of yeah. at dangly sack on, so, on on twitter so Kolek replies Kolek bites and replies with a picture of his uh transcript for this oh semester. god what and that devolved into it took you know this many credits and this long for marquette to teach you how to read okay all right uh, <laughs> And then Chris, you can take it from there. Oh like, no, it just but, went back and forth. Yeah. And because he bit, like you knew he saw it. <laughs> and there was a Barstool article about it. Oh god. Like, and then it became and then he was at Providence and it was it was right after their break started. But like I don't know, they they call the students staying a little extra, call it quote unquote the stay. Yeah. They all it got everyone amped up and they all stayed. And so the student section was actually wild, even though it was a break game. And they were all giving them hell the entire game. And they absolutely throttled. I mean, Providence won by 15 at the end. <laughs> I also, today, I saw, it was probably the same guy. I saw a tweet of a, uh, a picture of a koozie that said, Tyler Cole, can't read. It, did <laughs> like did they do, koozie. did the student section do a you can't read chant? Because if they didn't, that's just like an absolute miss. Like there was like definitely a, some things. I mean, shouted. it's got to be. It's just like it's such a great chant. You can't read. So can he read? <laughs> I think Does he so. confirmed that. <laughs> like a chapter of a Harry Potter book he or like was, something. Like somebody tweeted from his read. account, so somebody who has voice access to his account can read. Yeah. You can yeah. voice text. You guys know that's that. Not, that's not really right. That because I need he a video of him reading. Because he posted his transcript, then people pulled it apart because it was like yeah. basket weaving and like all yeah. the crap fucking classes. So people were all over it. So anyway, yeah. never post school, your transcript. So we're playing was on it better than the old level player website. Oh my god! Yes, oh. talked about it last year, but <laughs> not Shane Clark. Shane Clark. Shane Clark. His cast name, I can't remember. You're looking for it. It's right not now. anymore. You can get like a cash version. Yeah, you can you can find somebody who has reference it. It's like it's pretty good. Somebody's like it's like historically great websites, like athlete websites. It's it's archived somewhere. So 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 Monday we're playing the Derek Zoolander Center for Kids Who Can't Read Good. <laughs> Golden um, Eagles. And who want to do other good stuff too. Um <laughs> Market Golden Eagles. Tyler Kolek obviously is the headline player. Oso Iguodaro has had a has had a really solid year, um, and Cam Jones has also been really good. I mean, like it's 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 like pretty much the same Marquette team. They've gotten some additional, you know, contributions from their deeper bench. A guy named Ben Gold, a six eleven guy who could also shoot three, um, who's been who's been pretty solid for them. Uh, they've had, uh, you know, David Joplin has been good. So, like, it, it's it's like the same team that, that you've seen from and last year. they're coming off a loss. Uh, they are. Seton Hall, a close loss to Seton Hall away, right? It was Yes, but they do play Butler tomorrow. Oh, okay, okay. So we have a, a, a cleanser in between. So hopefully uh, they use that for their revenge game. And then um, our defense and energy travels. Yeah. We know our offense isn't going to travel. <laughs> Oh, no, here's no, our, our offense travels. It just it's non-existent. So like yeah. you bring a zero somewhere, it's still a yeah, zero. Fair. Brian, We're a little better on the road. We are better here's, on the road. Here's something you haven't waited on. Uh, a Marquette fan uh, kind of came at a UConn fan 
saying they had a better season last year because they won both the Big East regular season title and right. the conference title. The Big so East is much more difficult to win. So as a fan of a basketball team, would you take the double Big East championship over the Natty? I mean, obviously. I come from yeah, okay. a Jay Wright school. If we play for all of the titles, uh, Thanksgiving tournament title, regular season yeah. title, Big <laughs> East title. title. And then if we're lucky, we get into the tournament. You know, that's, that's not what we play for, though. <laughs> play for the accumulation right. of titles and we right. just want to be the best that we can be so you know, Marquette was the best that they can be more times than UConn was the best that they can be so Ooh. therefore Marquette is the superior team it's just it's just math I I um, did see a Marquette fan attack a UConn fan last week by being like you're not elite in the conference you finished fifth last year I was like this is just so <laughs> like thank you it's uh, it's wild because the Marquette fans keep hammering it and it's dumb as fuck Just they are so up. serious too yeah take your w and your l and go home like you got your yeah. you got for conference title which you've like never had before that's great like just go celebrate it and shut the fuck up yeah, don't <laughs> insult the team that won the national championship yeah, like, like you have you have you nine about? other teams in the conference to choose from yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> that Absolutely is um ridiculous. very reminiscent of I don't know how if many did this, but Seton Hall fans being like, "Oh well, we won the Big East tournament that oh my year." God. Like we hit the most famous shot in the history of cool. college basketball. Cool. Yeah. yeah, or when they say they Final Four in twenty twenty, I mean, COVID stopped them. Right. Uh, I mean, what gets, do you expect from Marquette? They let eighty eight percent of the people who apply into the school. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they can't. We are. Uh, We're we really are hammering mud. the academic. We're throwing mud because we have nothing positive to say. We have no, no, I, we, we all think that we're going to lose this game at Marquette. Oh yeah, I know. On Monday, yeah. <laughs> I just I can't say it. Um, I will continue <laughs> yeah. to make incorrect predictions. <laughs> yeah, but, like to be clear, we're going to lose, right? Like, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, look, it's someone not who like isn't me might say that. Yeah. It's not like there's like a clear pattern in Marquette losses. Like they lost to Purdue yeah. on a neutral court, which is obviously excusable. They lost to Wisconsin. All the other games that they've lost have been away. They got they got hit pretty hard by Wisconsin and Providence away. Wisconsin's actually really good. Providence in that mini stretch before Bryce Hopkins got hurt was really good. Um, and Seton Hall obviously has been a stretch where they've been playing really well. Um, so – so like, but there's no like, oh, you slow them down from a tempo standpoint, whatever. <laughs> Rob, are you okay, man? What's going on? I'm sorry. I found I found a website that had some of um, some of the description of Shane Clark's website. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like I'm like talking about the game, like not saying anything funny, and Rob's just cracking. I was cracking up. Sorry. Um, yeah, like they haven't like there's no like like oh you got to slow them down to win. Like we, yeah, we, we, we will can't slow them control down. Control the pace against them. Yeah, like you That's you true. do have to control. Unless, I mean, well, look. The only like the glimmer of hope we have is that potentially Justin's coming back that game that should shorten the rotation. That should help with the rotation by maybe taking minutes away from people who don't necessarily uh need that many. Um but it could also bring us back to the hockey shifts. I, you know, I, I don't know. Mar Marquette, what, Brian. Mar <laughs> Marquette was better last year than they are this year, in my view, at least from a regular season standpoint. I think they'll, I think they'll break through to the second weekend this year. Like they, they, they should have gotten there last year. I think they just got 
had like a all world bad game and worst time for it. That being said, like we actually played them decently tight in both games last year. Obviously, there was the New Year's Eve game last year at home where like we were right there. Um but but the but the <laughs> Rob, I fucking hate you. <laughs> but the game away, we were also in that game all the way until like the very end where I think they free throw and executed down the stretch to get like a nine point win. So like you could kind of harp on that, like last year's worst team for us and their better team, like we, we still held our own away. So if we control pace, like the game should be relatively close. And if you make plays down the stretch, you win a game. I just don't see that happening. Um, if they beat Butler at home, we beat DePaul so that we can both cleanse from the other, from the recent losses. And it's kind of like a fair play game on a, you know, a midday game on Martin Luther King day. Yeah. Anything can happen, but I'm not anything, counting yeah. this one for a win. Yeah. I mean, I, I was pretty flippant about us losing. Like obviously we've beat some good teams, like the potentials there, you know, we'll see what Justin coming, you know, Justin, obviously maybe, is a difference coming, back. Maker. Yeah. maybe coming back. If he comes, even if he comes back, you know, he's probably not going to be in game shape realistically, or, you know, he'll be in game shape for 20 minutes instead of 30 or 35. So I don't know that what you're going to get from that. So the upside's there. I don't know that we'll have all the pieces clicking there. So I don't expect a win from that. If, you know, if Justin was back for, you know, a week or a week and a half at that point, and he was kind of worked back into the rotation, I may have a different answer. Uh, but, you know, that's not, Creighton, that's not the case. Creighton outstrips Marquette by one spot on Ken Palm right now. So there you go. There's your hope. There's your that's hope. Weird. Creighton's a little bit better per advanced metrics than than Marquette at the moment, and we beat Creighton at their place. That's all I got. <laughs> Super strange. Super strange. <clears throat> and you never know if Tyler Cola can see that the shot clock is going down because he might not be able to read numbers. It. Can't, it can't read numbers either. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, amazing so yeah so this is the this is the interesting because we're on the border of the of the of the two tron the first tranche ending and the second tranche so look if we get to four and one in this tranche here we beat the paul right like you, we be better we better beat the paul and then you get to and then you get to um you get to the the marquette game if you win that game then the outlook does change a little bit on the season or you can allow yourself some some visions of grandeur, if you will, because then in that next stretch, you kind of have to go 500 down that, then that four game stretch, a difficult four game stretch. And it takes a lot of pressure off. That's, that's really it. Like you beat Marquette at home. Like you've pretty much taken a ton of pressure off or sorry, at their place. Yeah. You've taken a lot of pressure off the season because you've got to get another yeah. big time quad one win under your belt and can, and can, and that by that point, with five quad one wins, you'd already have the quad one resume to make the tournament, and so then go out and just win some games and actually improve your seed line. That's all we do: we just win quad one, quad one games. Just yeah, yeah that's the hope, games. right? The hope if, is that we've won quite all the quad one games. If they pull this out against Marquette, the the meter immediately flips from distraught back to cocky, um, and. Just to get humbled from, by Connecticut. So over to it's we're so back. Um, so again, I I don't know how we would be able to control the pace really without uh, without Justin back and and effective being back. 
we don't know if he will be back. So it's just a, a lot of who knows, um, really not much to lose here, um, except our perfect record in quad one games. But I don't know. It's uh, it's set, it definitely like like we said with the after the Creighton win. If if you win here, it sets you it sets us up nicely to kind of like you said take pressure off the back end of the schedule, and then you beat Marquette one out of two. You don't have to beat UConn one out of two. You know, it it, it takes pressure off those other games and and kind of gives an opportunity for um for some mistakes and bumps in the road down the line. <laughs> I do have a couple of um, I do have a couple of points that that you could point to. They're often they're not a great offense. They're not a great rebounding team. Um, Neither are we. Yeah, right. Correct. That's my point. Is that yeah. is that is that some of the advantages that other teams have exposed, like Xavier down the stretch, right. St. John's, obviously, like like they're not a great rebounding team. We have a size, I believe we have a size advantage at most positions. Um, so if you so theoretically, if they're not hitting their best from a shooting standpoint, which they're not actually the best three-point shooting team either. They're actually just a smidge better than us from a three-point shooting percentage. They just take less of them, which is smart and intelligent if you're not a great three-point shooting team. Um, they are really good at twos. Really good two-point shooting team and they and they're a decent free throw team not bad you know what this is setting up though chris our game plan is going to be let's make them shoot threes and they're going to (laughs) make 54 percent of their three oh yes of course (laughs) so of course now that we've spoken it into existence but stylistically my point is they stylistically should not bother us too much they definitely play a little bit up tempo but we we deal with that so like like, it's, it's like a practice in the Davis Center against yeah. you know A team versus B team, right? And the Dick like player by player like the Dixon Igadaro matchup like I take Dixon, yeah. But like you know because he's my guy, but I'm sure a Marquette podcast would say I take Igadaro, but like Dixon's been better this year for sure. Um, and if Justin's back, then that can hopefully neutralize Kolick a little bit more. Um, it's the supporting cast after that where I think Marquette's got a bit of a leg up. They get better contributions from from guys like Cam Jones and Sean Jones and Joplin. So we'll see. Obviously, I, an even match on the sidelines between Kyle Neptune and Shaka Smart. So, obviously. well, are they the sidelines or are they? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, good point. No, that was the, uh, crazy. The extended. <laughs> yeah, so, that was absolutely. Nuts. It was. It was pretty funny. I had to explain uh, to the people around me why Patino getting called for that. Uh, I I called it encroachment. Um, <laughs> why he got that warning for being on the court was so funny to me because he was maybe like a foot on the court where Shaka played like an entire possession of defense a couple weeks ago. Insane. Um, So that, that was funny. So yeah. If if you haven't seen it, if if you can keep Shaka on the bench, yeah, you have a chance. (laughs) Dude is like, yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't seen this clip, like go check it out. Cause Shaka is basically like, you know, coaches like up and down the sidelines, but so the possession comes to their half. And he's basically, I don't know, the ball swings to like his sideline. He's basically in the face of whoever was handling the it ball. Was crazy, it, was, yeah. it was Shireman. Yeah. It was Baylor Shireman. It was yeah. ridiculous. And he was like moving up and like da- up and down the court with him. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? It was crazy. He was like waving his hands all around like he does. It was just like, 
and somehow we got a pass on that. I don't, I don't know how. It's kind of weird. It was batshit. Yeah, whatever. Um, do you guys do? Do you guys do heart monitors still? Uh, we can. We can. We done one in a long time. Yeah, we uh, actually have not been. We've been focused shit. on. Yeah, let me Steve. shoot from the, the the hip a little bit here. Um, Dude, Jalen Brunson's been absolutely he, unbelievable. He, he got, he's he got probably player, like a bona fide Brunson was a, play, a multiple-time player of the week since we've last talked about Multiple-time player of the week. He might have had a player of the month. Um, if I can't – if I'm making that up, I'm making that up. But um, It would be the first time blew, on this podcast. Yeah, they just blew the Trailblazers out tonight. Jalen had a lower-scoring night than usual just because they were up so much so he didn't have to play. But he should be an all-star Um if not a starter, he'll definitely be a reserve. Um, he's probably going to be a reserve just because, like, yeah, he's, he's, he's not getting shit not, for fans. He's not voting much. Um, yeah. And I know that's only 50% of it, but he'll, Jalen Brunson is an all star this year. Um, Willie would want us to mention that Dante has been playing better since he's been slotted into the starting lineup. He had a big night a couple games ago. Mikhail Bridge is over in France right now trying to drag the Nets to relevancy. Um, they're playing the Cavs in, in France tonight. Uh, and, are they, uh, wait, are they really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, um, I didn't even realize that. I don't know why the Spurs didn't go over, but um, – It seems like a miss. So, yeah, that's Mikhail definitely Mikhail has kind of a shot at an all-star nod, I would say. Just the votes no aren't – the fan votes aren't there. I'm saying – so so there ends up being a ridiculous number of all-stars every year due to injuries um, sustained by the selected group. So I think if it's a bad thing to wish, but like, Mikhail has an outside chance of being selected as an injury replacement to an all-star just because, um, you know, if an East forward goes down or something like that, they'll say, okay, Mikhail Bridge has been playing great. It's, it, it's kind of like a career achievement to this point too, just because he was so solid last year too. Um, and I think he's someone that they would want to try to, uh, bring in as they kind of select like these next gen players to try to bring in for these injury replacements. Um, so he has a chance. Um, Josh Hartson's playing well, double, but double last night or two nights ago. I can't remember. Everybody plays for the Knicks. The Knicks are are doing well this season. Yeah. Um, The the heart runner is easy. It's just the Knicks and the Nets. The Knicks are doing well. The Nets are, are Mikhail's playing well. Um, Cam Whitmore is putting together like a list of bodies that he is just obliterating uh, in his fast break dunks and broken play dunks. He's been playing really well in space for this uh, Rockets team. That's been a surprise so far this season. Um, Averaging 10 or 12 minutes a game scoring that, if not more, Um, he's an offensive machine which is really cool to see him playing in space and, and just like the, the added speed of the NBA is, is really uh, beneficial to his game. Um, trying to think who else. Whatever. It's a Brunson. It's a Brunson. Show. I know. Brunson, I know. Brunson, the, Brunson, the headline is, the, is, yeah. Brunson is the 13th leading scorer in the NBA. Like 13 is like a random number, but the fact that he's top 15 in the NBA is absolutely, absolutely absurd. He's also top 15 in assists and he's leading the fucking biggest market in the country. And he's basically like the, I don't know, like all the Knicks fans are just like all over him. It's he absolutely, is absolutely insane. He's, he's literally, his face is all over MSG. He's legitimately insane. like, look, 
no one's Derek Jeter, but after Aaron Judge, he is like the 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 face of New York sports, right? Like, yeah, after him and Zach Wilson, and then it's uh, yeah, yeah, right. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers oh. wasn't because he's the face of the Pat McAfee show, other than yeah. the guy who sits there and doesn't fucking talk the entire time. Charles Oakley. <laughs> no, but, but yeah, no, Bly's right. Like Brunson is basically it in New York sports right now. Yeah, he's just like he's fucking amazing. Which I. Exactly as we all thought it would be. First of all, um, I, I, I absolutely did. I absolutely did not. I was totally wrong on this. I, I will admit. Julius Randall, uh, Jalen Brunson jersey, left to right. I have the MSG hat with their jerseys. The, the whole nine eleven move hanging up at MSG was smart. Oh my gosh, RJ Barrett. I, know. I, I don't have that. I did get a Brunson jersey for Christmas actually, which is fun. Um, I should have worn that tonight. I don't know why. Knicks or Mavs? Knicks. Okay, I don't know if you got like an old one. No, the the Mavs ones. I was gonna get a Mavs one years ago, but they were they were dumb. I was waiting for them to do one of the retro ones, um, for like one of Dirk's years, but they never chose that. They chose like really dumb ones for their city edition. So I just skipped it. And then when it came to the Knicks, I was like, yeah, like they went to their classic ones. Obviously, is the city edition Knicks one cool? I've never seen it. No, the city edition Knicks one. I don't like this year. I just got one. I got their um, pretty basic. I got their um. They're away one because they're they're blue one this year, so it's like pretty blue like pretty nice. standard kind of classic mix. I'm glad we did a heart monitor segment, but I'd be honest that I've actually shrugged away from the heart monitor segment because the program it's so obvious the program is like every time a Nick a Villanova guy in the NBA does well, like they're all over it from a social media standpoint, which is like good, but it's it it comes across to me like very much like oh look over there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which is it's it's this kind of, Villanova it's that's funny, actually happening it, now it, and it's true and yeah. it's what I do too when if we have a rough week it's like well I can go watch you know seven or eight guys play in the NBA and I don't care if they win or lose it's just more fun that they are winning but it's just nice to like you know it's cool to you know Sadiq Bey is, is starting for the Hawks right now Jeremiah Robinson Earl is getting minutes for the Pelicans um Jermaine and Colin are carving up the G League just like they shouldn't be playing down there, but it's just like a minutes thing. Um, and uh, it's it's a nice escapism, uh, you know, option to have. Yeah. I saw four so people in Knicks jerseys at a Nova game, which was frustrating, but I get it. <laughs> Bing bong! Uh, I, still, Bing I, still, I still want to know who hurt Colin last year in practice because, like, that person's terrible. I could tell you offline. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but the funny thing that we talk about jerseys and, and heart monitors and everything, um, the first time that, uh, I became aware of Rob was that he and my dad sat either next to each other. Or my dad sat right behind him at a pavilion game and Rob was wearing a Josh Hart. Yes. The Lakers the jersey. Yes. And he walked in sleeveless with the jersey with his like briefcase over his shoulder. And I, did get some commentary from my dad about it. Um, I, I was, I was quite, I was quite vocal that game. We sat like in the you lower were deck. Yeah. yeah. We were like right behind father Peter and like said hi to father Peter before he definitely gave me a couple looks during the game too. He was like, really dude? Just like, yeah. So that's, that's mine know? and Rob's red string theory. Um, <laughs> I, was, I, was work, I was working that game. Um, and my dad was texting me and he's like, some guy just came in, you know, it's cold outside. Why is he, why does he not have a jacket? You know, because I, I can. Yeah. I remember somebody I went was to like, the Madison Square Garden game with Rob, and he just kept yelling, Dirty! Dirty! <laughs> Dirty! Dirty! Which was awesome. 
I started then doing it too. Dirty's a great chat for sure. I also had something. And then Chris and I had to leave. Yes. Chris and I had to leave with like three minutes left of the game, and we were we were they were coming back saying God, and he was refreshing his phone on the train and not talking. He's like, yes. "Fuck, we're gonna fucking lose." I really thought I we were gonna like, lose that know. game. We already left. Like we were up by like fourteen or something. And he was like, we'll have to wait an hour if we don't leave now. I was like, all right, let's leave now. And that just, he was so angry on the train. I Sorry, was. Quick side note about that Lakers jersey. I wore it to, I think it was, I don't know, like the year or so after Josh was like drafted. It's like obviously on the Lakers. And we didn't have as many guys in the NBA then. And I remember a couple of people were like, why are you wearing a Lakers jersey? I'm like, are you fucking stupid? Like, we have like two guys in the NBA and one of them plays for the Lakers. Like, what the fuck do you think I'm wearing a Lakers jersey for? Still bitter about that. <laughs> I don't forget. Nope. Whoever you are, you've been called out. That's right. Unrelated, awesome. I have to text my dad. <laughs> tell him I say hi. Yeah. I did it. I'm tell podcasting him, with the guy who wore no jacket. He wore more clothes to the podcast than he did to the game. <laughs> tell him I said dirty. Yeah. <laughs> tell him Rachel says hi too. Dirty. So, as we wrap up here, uh, Rob, how's it feel? Being back on the show for a little bit. It was very fun. I enjoyed my guest appearance. Um, my continued lack of education. I think uh, I felt better about it. Not actually hosting. I could just kind of pontificate. It was great. And enjoyed uh, <laughs> some more alcohol consumption on the, during the week, which I haven't been doing as much. So tomorrow morning will be, will be interesting. Sleep will not be good tonight. But it was, uh, <laughs> it was fun to come back on. I hope to do it again soon. Awesome. All right. Uh, that's all we got. We'll be back after the Marquette game. And, uh, and we will, yeah, after that, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the games to come versus, uh, UConn and St. John's. So we'll be back with you next week. Thanks everybody for listening. And as always, let's go. Let's go.